Peace, grace, this is Pastor Colton Lott from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, El Reno. We have the privilege of building Christian community in El Reno for the world. And so if you care about building Christian community or El Reno or the world, we're glad you're listening to this podcast. If you want to help contribute to the gospel work of this congregation, please visit our website, fcclreno.org, and go to the Give Online tab. And now, here's the sermon for the week. Today our scripture comes from Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. Hear these words. And to the angel of the church in Lacedonia, write, the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witnesses, the origin of God's creation. I know your works, You are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. For you said I am rich and I have prospered and I need nothing. You do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Therefore I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white robes to clothe yourself and to keep the shame of your nakedness from being seen, and salvage to anoint your eyes so that you may see. I reprove and discipline those whom I love. Be earnest, therefore, and repent. Listen, I am standing at the door, knocking. If you hear my voice, open the door, and I will come in and eat with you, and you with me. May God add blessings to the reading of these words in every time and every place. So as our ladies come forward, there was nine of us that went on our intersections trip to Washington, D.C. in September. We just happened to have six of them from El Reno. There was also Marilyn Knox from Crown Heights. And then we had Michael Davidson and Lisa Davidson that joined us on the trip. You know, in my opinion, this trip is a miracle. And, you know, I don't know why I'm always amazed at how God will bring a group together and weave us together and does his amazing work, and it works. But it does every single time. And this was just one more time of that. So I would like for you guys to introduce yourself and tell the congregation why you chose to go on this trip. Callie Mitzel. I had planned on going the first time they went, and it didn't work out, and then we had the world closing, and so this was the first opportunity to go. I'd never been to D.C. before. I'm Jane Ivey, and I did go on the first trip. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) And um, I had more more fun this time. It it was... um, Oh more cohesive group, I think, and made new friends, and I just had a great time. Saw my sister, because she lives up there, so had a good time. My name's Chris Watson, and um, first of all, I I just want to say thank you, and I'm very grateful that I got to go on this trip, and uh, met some great new friends that I'll always share special memories with. Um, I decided to go because I've always wanted to go there, and I've, I've 
never been there, so uh, this was just a perfect opportunity. So, and I just, um, it, it seemed more important to me now than ever because of the things that are going on in the world today. So. Hi, I'm Phyllis Dickerson. I've been to D.C. quite a few times, but it's been very few times that I've been able to go and tour D.C. And Tara approached me and said, hey, would you like to come with us? And uh, my first guess was, oh, gosh, because that's where I work, for those that don't know. And then I sit there a minute and I thought, you know, that may be fun. And I had a blast. I got to meet new folks, uh, intimately get to know these ladies and Michael and Lisa, and we had a great time. So, Yeah, if you didn't know, Phyllis only works for the Department of Defense. Nothing major, you all. She's also worked for the Department of Veteran Affairs and the FAA, just to give you a little context. So she goes about once a quarter on good years, more often on bad years. So there you go. <laughs> this year, the theme was faith and economics, which I think is so relevant for this time that we're living in. Everybody, we were just talking in Sunday school how economics is affecting our lives. And I know for myself, as we looked at the different museums and the monuments and our study time through that lens, how it shifted the things that we looked at, especially at the African American and even the Holocaust Museum. So where is one place that stood out for you all? The African American Museum was uh, wonderful. Um, I had not been there before, uh, and I had not been to the Holocaust either. Been to probably the rest of them, but I, I really enjoyed. And the African American, as we traveled through the first beginning part that told the story, you could tell why things happened the way they were, and it was all about greed. That's what stood out for me, which is heartbreaking, frustrating, um, made me angry. What are some of your other thoughts? So one of the things that we saw in the African American Museum was the fact that not only was it greed here where we had slavery, but it was greed where the slaves were coming from. Uh, there were a couple of quotes that came from leaders in those other countries that said, we really despise the fact that our folks are being taken out of this country but we can't afford to lose the valuable items that we're getting from it. So it is a very heartbreaking, and for those that have never been to some of these museums, they, they take an extra effort to make you feel like you're involved in that. So when you go to the African American Museum, you go down the stairs, and it feels like, um, as you guys know, a lot of the slaves came over in ships, and it feels like you're in this encompassed ship um, Chris may mention about the, when we were there, about the shackles, you know, for the, not only for the adults, but you guys got to remember kids came over too, so there were shackles for children, and they have those displayed, and they have many stories from different folks, so it is a very um, eye-opening experience, if you haven't been there, to go up the stairs and see our evolution of our, you know, folks that, of color. And what they've went through in the years, uh, even in our age today, mm -hmm. what we're still seeing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's amazing. It also gives you that when you, when you start, you're excited about it and reading. By the time you go up the stairs, you're ready to leave. You, you, you feel oppressed 
like they must have felt. You want out inside, outside in the sunshine and free. Callie did, especially. Yeah. <laughs> and I warned the ladies of that because it's not a response that you think you're going to receive when you just go into a museum. You think, oh, I want to read everything and I want to do everything. And, and you, I gave them permission in both of those, and not that they needed it for me, but to realize what was going on for you, that you were going to become overwhelmed and could not take any more in, and that's okay, too. You do what you can do, because when you go again, something else will stand out, and you'll get further. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Chris, I think yeah, you said the Pentagon was... Yeah. Uh, both of the Holocaust and the African American museums were very emotional, like you said. And... Sorry. Um, I was just thinking, I thought of something else while you were talking. One of the most hopeful things I saw... In the in the African American Museum was a a um, younger white lady speaking to her small child and explaining to her child that was maybe I don't know six seven what they were seeing and it just it gave me hope that you know there's still people out there that are look at these hard things and and hopefully make changes with our next generations um and i really thought those two things those two museums would be the things that impacted me the most and they did uh, impact me a lot but uh like phyllis said it wasn't on our schedule to go to the pentagon um but i we had talked about it because she worked there and i was interested and so we ended up going there before we went to arlington and um Just, um, you know, it wasn't, um, you know, there's signs, you know, the Holocaust Museum, you know, everything. You go to the Pentagon, it's pretty, pretty dull. I mean, there's just this big building. You walk around the corner, and there's this, this memorial. But when I stepped onto that ground, um, it just and started walking around and reading some of the names and hearing a little bit about the way the memorial is made. Um, and then remembering what I saw on TV that day and, and just realizing that I was standing on that sacred ground where that plane slammed into the ground into that building and innocent people died all because of hate. Um, it shook me up. still does. And... That was the place that that impacted me the most, I think. Well, what's interesting about that location, you know, all of these buildings in Washington, D.C. are hundreds of years old, right? And the Pentagon probably isn't hundreds, but it's old enough, right? But you can see the scars and the wounds that it received on 9-11. You can see where it's been repaired, you know, and then... You can see the way they did this, this one reminds me a lot of um, Oklahoma City, for those of you who have been at Oklahoma City, except they're airplane wings. And if they go one direction, it was the people on the plane. And if it goes another direction, it was the people that were in the Pentagon. And it's, it's organized by the year that they were born. So you can find somebody that's your age, that was right there, that made, had to make the ultimate sacrifice. 
and it's built around the flight path of the airplane. Yeah. So when you go into the the more of the Pentagon, there's a phone number that you can call, and it will recite some of the steps that happened that day. Uh, it also has some interviews from the folks that survived uh, in the Pentagon. Uh, some of those folks I work with, and some of those folks carry the scars even today, as you can imagine. And so for someone like myself who has been in the Pentagon and, and talked to those folks and been in the federal government for years and years, and, and that's still a vivid memory for me, you know, um, of that time, I, it hits you pretty hard when you start walking around and you, so I could envision where our offices are and, and you go in there and, and you know where the plane hit and you think, wow, you know, until you walk the, that ground and you hear that step-by-step and those memories start coming back, it becomes real of how hatred affects us and how having a church family and relying on our church family and relying on our faith uh, to overcome some of these hate. Because, I mean, you can spiral down so quickly. And in any of those, the Holocaust Museum, um, you guys know the history. <clears throat> you know, even during the Civil War, you know, mo- most folks say that God was on their side. And it's just, uh, we were very fortunate uh, to have Michael and Lisa and uh, Lisa's uh I'm, and I'm going to get this wrong. She's a professor of theology. Is that Bible. Bible. Hebrew, Hebrew Bible. Bible? Hebrew Bible. And she was able to give us a lot of history, specifically on the Holocaust Museum, because she's done several tours and traveled. And the information that we obtained through this trip on history, you know, history repeats itself if you don't know it, right? So the, the information we obtained on this trip and then... Tara, we would have um, discussions afterwards each time, and, and Tara would say, how can we bring this back to El Reno? How can we help our community, our church, uh, with this information we gained? And, and I have thought about that several, several times about what things we've learned and the hatred that we see, and how do we stop that? How do we plant that little seed as God asked us to do. So it, it's uh, very, if you guys ever get a chance to do one of these trips, I would highly, highly suggest it. It's a great trip. And because we see so much, not only is the learning within the walls of the museum, but the, wall, the, the, the learning is also around the dinner table or while we're in the subway, on the metro, going from place to place. There's conversations that happen, sometimes planned when we're sitting around listening to Lisa talk to us and teach us, but sometimes how God just shows up as we're processing it because you just keep thinking about things. So what are some other things that stood out to you all in our conversations and in our teaching time? I tell you, the Capitol was pretty awesome, and I've been there before, but it's every time I go there, I find new ideas about the statues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so each state has um, two statues that they could put in the Capitol, and you get history of why these states have chosen these different statues. So there were a couple of new statues that were have been placed in, in the last five years or so, and we had the, the best tour guide. He was oh, he awesome. Was. <laughs> Wasn't he great? He, <clears throat> he, was, he was fantastic. And so he went through some of those um, historical events of why different states chose the different 
different statues and what occurred during that time. And it's amazing over the years how you see the evolution of those statues come about and how different thought processes come into play when they choose those items. And you can change up the statues. Who knew that? So there's a process here where things can change. Imagine that, even at the Capitol. I think the National Archives was one of the most interesting places. If you've never been there, that's a place you really need to go. You can look up anything, absolutely anything. Uh, One of the things that what Chris and I found were the notes that Bill Clinton had written and where he'd scratched out and changed words uh, for the uh, services for the Murrah bombing. You can look up anything, and it's, it's right there. It's just amazing. And people. And there is, you can do it from your home. You can go online uh, with your iPad, your computer, your phone, whatever, and you can look up just anything. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, the National Archives has a, um, I guess, a goal by the year 2025 to have emails even um, at your fingertips. So what Kelly's stating is right now you can go back and you can pull up the documents that they have archived there. Of course, some of that stuff is redacted. You know, you, you're not going to get secrets and all that type of stuff. It's <laughs> hard. But uh, sorry about that, guys. Um, but you can go and you can pull just about any piece of documentation that you want to see. Uh, the federal government does that all across the board where it's, it's public knowledge, guys. And, Roger, you've probably been able to pull many, many pieces of information out um, for the law firms. Uh, it's, um, it's amazing when you start looking. I'm not a big history person. My husband is. He loves history. So here in the last few years, uh, God's just laid it on my heart to start looking at some of this stuff. And I've, my eyes have been opened on what we've done in the past for our country. Uh, the Bible lessons that we've been learning uh, you know in our Bible study today we were talking about looking at the Bible and relating it to today's times you can do the same thing with a lot of that documentation and say you know learn from history so it's not repeated and the bad things but we can repeat you know some of the positive things that we've seen so what would you say to somebody that might be considering going on a trip like this, a study trip with the other adults? Why is that important? Oh, don't hesitate. Go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you meet new friends. You learn more about the friends you already had. Um, just, mm-hmm. just the camaraderie, the dinners, uh, happy hour even. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to mention what that. What occurs in D.C. stays in yeah, D.C. Yeah, please. No. I said but, no pictures. But it was the discussions that that we were all letting it out from a day's worth of cramming things into your head. And and then, well, I saw this. Well, I didn't see that. And what? how did this affect you? Mm-hmm. Um, Wear good shoes. The, That's the, yes. That's it. And the desserts Callie and I share. <laughs> oh, there we are now eating. Yeah. Yeah. We, we ate, ate a lot of that. <laughs> some, know, we, some of us had fish every chance we got yeah, because it was fresh. Yes. We actually went to the Arlington Cemetery as well. And, um, you know, when you go to some of these areas and you see some of the historical, I mean, there's, there's so much history there. 
uh, it's amazing to see mm-hmm. just the grave after grave after grave after grave. And I think what some folks don't realize is uh, some of those folks, so they were in the military, but um, they've, they've asked that their bodies be, you know, after their funerals can be buried there in Arlington Cemetery. So I was able to go and uh, a couple of years ago, a gentleman that I knew and worked with and helped start his business up passed away. He'd been in the military, and I was actually able to go and, mm-hmm. and uh, visit with his grave. And I could just almost hear him as I walked up, you know, looking at me with his hands on his hips. What in the world, girl, are you doing here? And I, <laughs> so it's uh, don't hesitate. Uh, World War II Memorial, we went to the, what they call the mall area where you can walk around. There are several places where you can look names up online before you go so you can see, um, you know, if they fought in World War II or Vietnam, Korea. There's a Korea memorial that we visited. But the uh, Arlington Cemetery, you can see if if you know anybody that's been uh, buried in that location. And then you can go and you can visit those. Those graves now, as we found out, are all the same that they're putting out there, but some of the older graves are very ornate, mm-hmm. uh, and and yes. some of these guys were very, or their families, I guess, were very proud of of their soldiers when they were buried there and their wives. So. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's easy when you are looking, especially like at Arlington and all the graves, to just see the, the the whole lot. But then when you stop and think about each one of those graves is a person. And has a story and has a family. And we saw that over at the Vietnam Memorial. And Chris and I were talking yesterday. We even saw that at Hamilton. That our founding fathers were people. You know? They had families. They had wives. They had children. They had affairs. You know, the whole thing. But they had their own ambitions. That they were trying to prove who they were. And become, figure out who they were. And how that was just showed. So... We've talked about this, and I know you've all came back changed, but what changed about you, or how do you look at the world a little differently after this trip? With a little more compassion, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hard, hard on 100, 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. People. Some of it was anger over the United States' lack of compassion for the Jews and the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. And I listened to the news and I listened to friends and acquaintances talk about how we're always not taking care of our people here, we're busy taking care of the rest of the world. Well, that's what we need to do. It, It really opens your eyes when you realize that Americans, even Jewish Americans, did not help their fellow Jews during the Holocaust. And it's important for all of us to know that and understand why we play the part that we do in the world. And you've got to go help your fellow man. I think going going on this trip continues to change me every day um, because there there are so many things there that that's the only place you're going to learn it. 
It's not taught in school, books. I mean, there's so much there to learn. And so every day I'm, I'm, I find opportunities to stop and think, you know, to love more and judge less, um, be more compassionate. Um, Talk about it's election time. We're all starting to see all those ads and signs, and we're already sick of it. But you and I had talked about that yesterday. Talk about that change that it's, it reminded you. Well, um, going back a little bit, when I was growing up, my parents worked all the time. I don't recall them ever voting. Um, therefore, I wasn't exposed to that. They didn't go to church. wasn't exposed to that. So, and then in school, all I really cared about was sports. So I missed a lot um, in my younger days. And, and so as a, as a younger adult, you know, those things didn't really matter to me. I didn't pay much attention to what was going on in the world. I didn't pay much attention to um, politics and how that affected all, all of us. And so going on this trip... Um, I can, I can tell you one thing, I'll never not vote again. Um, I have started voting in my older life, but um, that's more important to me now than ever after seeing what I saw. And I said, how many times do we think our vote doesn't matter, right? We all still think that. It's not going to matter whether I go today or not when we're trying to make the decision to get out of our chair and get in the car and go do it. And I think that's a really important reminder yeah, that it does, it does matter. matter. Mm-hmm. And, it does and matter. at the Holocaust Museum, one of the, the things that I saw there was a sign that said, what, I, what, I do, what you do matters. So every day now when I, when I start my day, I, I, I remember that. And I remember it said, and it had another one. I've got a bookmark. It says, remember what you saw. And... I do remember, and I, I remember that what I do matters every single day. Um, you know, whether, no matter what I'm doing, it matters. Phyllis, what about you? Well, one, I'm, I'm looking at all these pictures, and I just want to pay compliments to Chris. Chris, uh, we all took pictures, but Chris took the majority of these pictures. and The so really good she, ones are hers, not yeah, mine. She, <laughs> she did, Mine are blurry. Right. And they're sideways. I'm just not a good photographer. But Chris did an excellent job in memorializing our trip and and, um, Mm -hmm. capturing some of the moments that, you know, help us to remember. Because pictures say a thousand words. Uh, As Tara mentioned earlier, I go to D.C. quite often. And there's been times that I've spent, you know, a couple weeks up there at a time uh, over the weekend. my focus is to go in, do my job, come back home. Go in, do my job, come back home. I mean, I, I, I fly in, you know, at midnight, fly out at 6 a.m. type thing. So to go on this trip and just take the time to stop and look around at the history. Uh, I walk by those buildings every time I come up there sometimes. And it really takes just taking a breath. Uh, to remember our history and remember everything that our forefathers did to create this country. Guys, we live in a great country. Uh, You guys know that. Sometimes we forget that. Uh, We're able to sit up here and talk about different, you know, different spiels. Uh, We were nine folks that had different thought processes in our politics. 
uh, different thought processes about um, just, you know, our lives and what we do. And we were able to go up to D.C., uh, where we began, sit down every day, every evening, have a meal, and discuss our thoughts. And there were times, a couple of those <laughs> nights, that some of those discussions uh, got quite lively, for lack of a better term. But we were able to, to part as friends. We were able to understand. And sometimes I think we forget that. Uh, many times we, we communion with folks that we think alike with, and Jesus didn't do that. And so I think one of the big things that I learned was to stop and breathe and look around me and talk to folks that don't think like me. Uh, listen to what they have to say and their thought processes and try to understand. Uh, and that's a big thing. That's a big thing for me now. It's a good reminder that we all need. I intentionally chose this scripture because it reminds us not to just be lukewarm. God wants us to stand up, to be that voice, and so that we can hear him. So I am so thankful that I got to accompany you all on this trip, that we had a great time together. And I encourage you guys as we go to lunch to ask some more questions of these ladies and uh, they've got lots of stories to share. But our time is up, and I well, thank you so much. One thing I would like to say is I had my doubts about going and whether I could keep up with everybody. I did. I, I didn't. So, <laughs> well, you did it too bad. I did the best I could. So, so don't sell yourself short just because you think you're older and maybe you can't keep up. Yeah. A couple of times we had to say, all right, Tara, slow down. Yes. <laughs> we got to take a break. We got to sit. Yeah. <laughs> she does move fast, and I remember being there and moving fast once upon a time. So don't sell yourself short. Make the trip, it's worth it. Definitely. All right. Thank you, ladies. <laughs>